Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Pastor Carlo kind of set me up wonderfully for my intro to my message when he asked me if I knew what it was like uh, to go on a date and how challenging it can be when you're newly married, youngly married, you got kids and all that kind of stuff. How many people know it can be challenging? Right? It's challenging. When you got young kids, it's hard because you're not just thinking the cost of dinner and if you're going to go do something afterwards, whether it's a movie or whether it's a show here in town, whatever it is, you're not just... Figuring out those costs, you also have to pay a babysitter, right? And so you're figuring out all these different costs. Well, Melissa and I, we want you to know as we go through this summer series, it's really been impacting us as staff. I said this last week that we talk at staff and we're like, what are you getting out of this? And when we talked about how the fruit of the spirit, we're realizing how much it applies to our everyday life. And if we really want to be a light for God, the fruit of the spirit needs to be shining through us. And we understand that the closer we are to God, the more the fruit of the spirit should be going through us. And so Melissa and I, um, we hadn't been on a date most of the summer. We'd just been busy, and we realized that school starts Tuesday, and so life's just going to get busier. And so we're trying to figure out, we're like, okay, on Friday night, we need to go on a date if we're going to go on a date before, you know, the kids graduate high school. And so luckily for us, this will let you know how often we get out. Um, we still had a free movie pass for Landmark with free concession. How many people love free popcorn? Amen. Amen, right? And so we had a free movie, free popcorn, um, two popcorns actually, so I got my own, praise Jesus. And, um, and we got drinks and all that kind of stuff. But then we realized, okay, so this is free. We got that at Christmas time. That lets you know, right? And so we're planning on going, and then also, okay, we got to pay for dinner, we got to pay for babysitters. And we're like, okay, should we do this? Should we not do this? And we're trying to figure it all out, and we're like, you know what? Let's just go. And so we get babysitters and we go. And we go out to a restaurant. I'm not going to tell you which one because of the story. But as we're driving, we're talking about church, we're talking about life, we're talking about the kids and all this kind of stuff. We get to the restaurant, we get in, we sit down, and we order our meal, and we're eating it, we're talking, and the meal is truly, both our meals are delicious. She has a wonderful salad, I have a beautiful steak, it was gorgeous, it was awesome. And as we're eating, I'm done mine, obviously it takes me less time to eat than it does her. And so I'm, I'm done, and I'm just waiting for Melissa to finish. And as she gets to the near the end of her salad, we notice that the avocado is rotten. And as she slides a piece just to the side of her plate, a little guy just kind of pops up out of it and does a little walk. And so we're like, okay, if it was just the avocado, we wouldn't say anything. But we should probably let just even, we want to let them know so the kitchen staff actually know hey, wherever this came from, you might want to check the rest of your vegetables. Uh, We weren't upset because truly, up until that moment, the meal was phenomenal. And it was delicious. And at this moment, the salad is pretty much gone. And so we waved the waitress over, and she's been awesome. We've been joking back and forth all night, and it's been fun. And, And we call her over and we say, look, we just want you to know, Our meal has been incredible, it's been delicious, but we feel like you need to let your kitchen staff know that the avocado was rotten, 
And she looked at it and she was like, I am so sorry. And we're like, and by this time the little guy moved onto the table and we're like, and this little guy came with it. And so she quickly grabbed a napkin and, and took care of business and she just kind of like, and she was like, I am so sorry. And we're like, look, it was delicious. Both meals were great. Don't worry about it. But we really want your kitchen staff to know that, hey, just check the rest of the food. Because, see, here's the thing. When I go to a restaurant, I, I love to cook. I love to barbecue, all that kind of stuff. And so how many people here, you've went to make a meal at home, whether it's for yourself or for company, and it just doesn't turn out? We've all been there, right? And so I've done it where, like, I like my steak where it's still kind of mooing a little bit. And so, you know, I go to cook it and all of a sudden I cut through it and it's like, no, that, that guy is fully dead. No moves happening. And so I understand what it's like just to make a mistake. And so when we're at a restaurant, we try to go with that mentality of like, we all make mistakes, they can make mistakes. And so when we told the waitress, we're like, look, we are good. And so she left and she came back and the manager came with her and said, this is the couple here. And she must have told her that we're, we have a sense of humor, we're good. Because the manager came over and was like, I heard you had a little problem with the extra protein we put in the salad. And so we laugh. We like, truly, I appreciate that kind of stuff, right? And so we laugh and we're like, we're joking with her and we said, look, we have no problem. And she's like, well, look, just to clarify, just so you're aware, she looked at Melissa and was like, we've totally looked after your meal, you don't need to worry about it. And we looked at her and said, look, you didn't have to do that, we appreciate it, you know, you didn't have to. And she's like, no, no, we got to look after her. And so she walked away. And so immediately we realized, like, okay, God, thank you for this blessing. No, because it is. It is, because when we left, we were concerned about finances. And so the Lord used this as a blessing. And so here's what happened. Because we told her, you didn't have to do this. And I understand. I understand. I've been in customer service. I've been in sales. That that is just a regular practice. And I know most of you are like, well, they should have done that. But because of our heart, I believe, and you know me well enough, and I've been open enough through the fruit of the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit doesn't always come natural to me. So I'm not standing here telling you, oh, I got it all together. All right, hockey season's coming. There'll be more illustrations. So, no, but I'm being honest, right? Like, this was for me. Like, I've been in sales. So when I saw it, you know, those thoughts are in my head. Like, come on, what's going on? Like, come on. And I, it, my thoughts are there, but I tried to keep it in. And she left. And as we're sitting waiting on our bill, the manager came back over. And she goes, look, I was talking to some of the staff over there. And we just want you to know we looked after your whole bill. And I looked at her and I was like, you did not have to do that. And she's like, no, but we want to. And so I looked at her and I said, we, were, we will receive your blessing. And we thank you for it. And then I asked, because I don't carry cash, I asked if I can use the debit machine to still tip our waitress because she did an amazing job. And Melissa and I, we left the restaurant and we talked most of the night about how we knew that because we showed the fruit of the Spirit... God in turn blessed us. Because see, I'm not using it as a, like, understand my heart, and I think most of you know me, I would never stand up here and say, look at me, because I'm not that person. But through this series, I've really struggled with the understanding of, if I really want to show my light to other people, then this has to come through me. And last week when I shared on self-control, I truly, truly believe it's the last one listed because it looks after all of them. If I don't have self-control, I would have been angry in that situation. 
If I don't have self-control, I know it's not one of the fruits of the spirits, but I would have felt like I deserve to have my meals looked after. But because I understand that we all make mistakes, because I don't know about you, but when I make a mistake, I really pray that every one of you will show me grace. And so the fruit of the spirit is supposed to set us apart from everybody else. And if you've been following Facebook at all, you would have seen Darren make a post on our Facebook page about his workplace. I don't have time to have him share it this morning, but you should talk to him about the fruit of the Spirit that he used at work, and it ended up, it took a long time. So you use the fruit of the Spirit of perseverance, but at the end of it, he knows that there was a reward for it. And the people, his bosses would know there's something different. See, when we left that restaurant, it wasn't the free food. I left knowing that that manager and the wait staff that knew what happened knew there was something different about us. And I love that restaurant, so I will be back. And so as we wrap up this series, I want us to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and I want us to talk about how it is meant to actually set us apart. And so Galatians 5.22, we've read it throughout the whole summer. 22.23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. And I've been giving you the Greek definitions and stuff, but I want you to... The Greek word for fruit is karpus. And it means fruit, produce, or a crop. But the sense of the word, it means a deed understood as if the natural fruit produced by a plant or a tree. And we've talked about this through the series. That if we are connected to God, these fruits of the spirit are supposed to be naturally coming out of us. It's supposed to come right through us because this is what happens when we're connected and we are growing and rooted in God. Spirit, the Greek word is pneuma, and it literally just means spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, the proof of that, and the proof that we are spirit-filled is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know that as Pentecostals, we seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we believe the initial evidence of that is speaking in tongues. And a lot of us, almost to a, a, I would say almost to a negative, wear that as a badge that we've been baptized in the fruit of the Spirit, or baptized by the Spirit of God. And here's the thing. This is where I believe Paul says, you can speak in tongues of angels, but if you don't have love, you're just a sounding gong. Because see, what does it matter if I went in that restaurant and I sat down and Melissa and I sat across the table and just spoke to each other in tongues? I know it sounds silly, but really, they would have looked and been like, I have no idea what language they're speaking. They might have felt a presence of God. I hope they felt that whether I was speaking in tongues or not. But when I walked out, they felt loved. They felt loved. And I ask us all the time, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Please don't, don't hear something that I'm, I'm not saying. Or don't hear something I'm not saying here. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for us to be empowered to go share the gospel. Not to sit at home and pray in tongues. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is what's supposed to come out of us. So if you know your word, if you know the Bible front to back, 
If you don't have to look up online the Greek or the Hebrew and find out what it really means, you know what it means, you know the context, you know the history, but you don't know how to love your neighbor, you're a sounding gong. Because God has called us to love. He's called us to love. He didn't call us to have a deep theological understanding. He called us to love people. He called us to receive his love. That's why he says, come to me like a child. Come to me like a child. My son is eight years old now. And when he's up in a tree and I tell him to jump, he's cautious. Two years ago, I would just have to get close to the tree and not even say anything. He'd leap. As we get older, when God tells us to jump, we're hesitant. Come as a child. Come as a child. Come as a child. When I tell you to jump, jump. Know that your daddy will catch you. Don't doubt. Spurgeon, he writes in his book, the Galatians, he says, For the works of the flesh there is no gospel, and against the works of the spirit there is no law. These are the things that are commended on all hands. But if you do not have them, if, you are, if they are not found in us, then we do not have the spirit. For if we had the spirit, we should bear the fruit of the spirit. If we don't have these things, do we actually have the spirit living in us? Because if we believe the fruit of the spirit is naturally comes from the spirit, then shouldn't the evidence of the spirit living in us be in the fruit of the spirit? Now, I understand this is a journey. But if we're not working to get the fruit of the Spirit, if we're not aware the fact that we weren't exercising the fruit of the Spirit, if we weren't using the fruit of the Spirit, if you're not even aware that you weren't using it, is the Spirit living in you? See, Jesus actually talks to us about testing the false prophets. You will know them by their fruit in Matthew 7, 15. Jesus says, beware of false prophets. They come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So if every tree that does not produce good fruit, it is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. See, when we talk about, when we hear false prophets, a lot of times we use that towards pastors, teachers, evangelists. We use it to people that we go and listen to. But it's interesting enough, and I'm not saying not to do that. Again, don't put words there that aren't there. But if you realize, in the Bible, we are referred to as shepherds. This is talking about sheep. Now, am I a sheep as well? Yes, don't. Again, don't, don't hear something that's not there. Okay? But we need to understand that when it's talking about testing, when it's talking about watching for false prophets, every one of us is. What example are we showing in our community? 
What are we showing people? Some of you this morning, right after I'm done, you might be heading to a restaurant. What fruit do you show at the restaurant? Do you show a demanding fruit? Do you show an entitlement fruit? Do you show a fruit of, well, they're called a server because they serve me? Or do you walk in every place you go understanding that we are to humble ourselves and we are to serve others? Even when they are technically their job is to serve, we are still supposed to serve. Do you walk in and go, I can be a light this morning. This person may not even want to be here. I don't know what's going on in their life, but I can bless them right now. Do we understand that wherever we go, we are God's light? Are we generous with people when we're at a restaurant? Do we tip well? We produce fruit naturally the more time we spend with Jesus. So what we put in, we get out. Jesus says in John 15, 1 verse 1 to 5, you know, most of you will know this if you've read the word for a while. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. So if you're exercising the fruit of the spirit and all of a sudden you come into something that's difficult and you already are like, well, I'm kind of patient, but this is stretching my patience. It's so you can be more fruitful in patience. Verse 3, you are already clean because the word I have spoken to you remain in me as I also remain in you. No one can bear fruit by themselves, by itself. Sorry, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If we are only connected to the vine on Sunday mornings, you will not be a healthy vine. You need to connect to the vine so you get nourishment every day of the week. If you're like Chad, I have a hard time doing devotions. I just, it's, it's a struggle for me. I usually just read the word on Sunday when you put it on the screen. Then here's what I'll challenge you to do this week. On your own, Read your Bible twice this week. I know for some of you that read it every day, you're like, come on, Chad. No, no. For many, if they've never done it, twice a week is huge. Take a step. Twice. Pick a day. Whether it's before bed, whether it's in the morning, whether it's at lunch, no matter when it is, read your word twice this week. And watch how God will work through you and speak to you. Because see... In any other area of our life, if we do something only once a week, we understand it's not good enough. If you run or bike or even play an instrument, if you only do that once a week, you will know that you're losing the ability to do it. Like I said, hockey season's coming. If I only play once a week, it's just enough to let me know that I'm only playing once a week. It's a reminder to me every time I go and play. If it's once a week, my legs hurt. My lungs hurt. I have a hard time keeping up. I have a hard time breathing because it's just not enough. And so in life, if all of a sudden I'm only connecting to Jesus once a week, 
Your legs will hurt. You'll have a hard time keeping up. There's going to be moments where you have a hard time breathing. It's because we're not connected. We don't have that support system we're supposed to have. See, Spurgeon, again, he writes later on, he writes this. He goes, familiarity with Christ soon begets congeniality of a disposition and spirit. For those who are much with Christ become much like Christ. He who lies on the bed of spices will naturally find his garments smell the same. A mirror upon which the sun is shining is bright itself and flashes his reflections reflected rays. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but he who dwells with infinite wisdom will be taught of God. Doubtless happy couples who live together in mature affection and confidence become very much like each other. The one becomes the other's self and they have the same aims and objects. They are often surprised to find that they have thought the same thought and are about to say the same words at the same moment. So do the saint, so do the saint and the savior grow like each other after years of acquaintance. Only the growth is all on one side. We grow up onto him in all things who is the head. I read this before and it's just reiterating the closer you are to him, the naturally, the more you'll be like him. If you want to be more like Christ, spend time with him. If you're married, you understand the more time you spend together, the more you begin to be like each other. It's interesting, as I was doing some study on this, I wanted to study most of the words in the whole verse, and so I studied the word is. And it's the Greek word, ami, to be. It's a sense to be, to have the quality of being, be identical, represent. So when you read the verse, the fruit of the Spirit is... It's actually the fruit of the Spirit be. So if you have the Spirit in you, you should be love, joyful. You should be peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's not just that the fruit is. It's that we're supposed to be. If the Spirit's in me, I'm supposed to be this. Spurgeon again, sorry, he, he's got such good thoughts on this he says he goes on to say that if it be our real life let it also be our course of action follow the spirit if our spiritual life is the result of a divine work let our actions be in harmony with it if we live by the spirit we must also follow the spirit we need to follow him we need to listen to his voice and follow where he leads us every step of the way it's supposed to be natural we're supposed to bear fruit for him. Jesus, he continued in John 15 and verse 8, he says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. We're supposed to show the fruit of God, or the fruit of the Spirit, because it brings glory to God. Because we bring glory to him, other people will fall in love with him. We are his disciples because we have the fruit. I find it interesting that nowhere does it say you'll be my disciples when you cast out demons, when you heal the sick, when you do miracles. When I read, most places that I read about being disciples, it's all about us showing love. They will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. 
It's to my glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I show people that I serve God by the way I'm loving, caring, I'm patient, all around in my mind, just a sensible human being. Romans 8, verse 12 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have no obligation, but it is not, sorry, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if we live by the Spirit, we put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. For those who led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit, receive, if the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If we indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. If we accept Jesus into our lives, it changes everything. Our flesh is supposed to die and our spirit is supposed to live. This is how we conquer the desires of our flesh is because we have the spirit living in us. Because he's living in us, it gives us the strength to conquer the desires of our flesh. Does this mean you'll never be tempted again? No, but it means that Jesus will always give you a way out, and by the Spirit of God living in you, you'll have the strength to take it. In the restaurant, when I saw the fruit, or the avocado that was rotten with the extra treat with it, I thought many things that you thought. But I am very aware that as I stand here, and we talked about this at staff meeting in our own devotional time, I understand that I am actually held at another level of accountability with God. And I have my struggles. And I fail all the time. And I mess up all the time. And I love the fact that my God is gracious to forgive me. But when I see little areas in my life where I begin to improve... I need to celebrate them. Because see, if you celebrate your little victories, it'll push you on to bigger victories. That's why I encourage, if you've never read your Bible during the week, read it twice. Eventually you'll get to more, but when you read it, if you read it tomorrow, I want you to get up out of your chair, out of your seat, whatever you were sitting to read the word of God, and I want you to get up, I want you to do a happy dance. I want you to be excited because you did something for the first time you've never done before. And you should celebrate that. And as you celebrate it, it'll push you in desire to do it more. Understand, I know that you're not reading the word for you. You're reading it to get closer to God. But through that, many areas in your life will improve. So celebrate it. Be happy. We are adopted into his family. I don't know about you, but this morning, if you feel that you're alone, if you feel like, I don't understand this, God just wants to adopt you. He wants you to come, as it says in here, come as his children. See, I love the fact 
That in this verse he talks about becoming a part of God's family and becoming heirs to God. And see in our next summer series that we're going to be starting um, just in a couple weeks, it's going to be the supernatural lifestyles of royalty. And we're going to be talking about how we're heirs with God. And I believe through this series, it is our heart's desire as leadership that through this series that you're going to grow to understand who you are in Christ. And you will walk with more confidence because you are not, as he says, and we'll talk about it, you're not a pauper. You're not this beat down, no good person. You are a son. You are a daughter of the living God. And you can walk with your head high because he loves you. He cares for you. And you are an heir to who he is. That is who you are. So when the enemy tries to lie to you, when he whispers in your ear who you are, you don't listen to him. You listen to the word of God and who he says you are. And when you find your identity fully in him, you'll be able to walk through fires because you'll know on the other side is just more purification for you. And you're able to identify lies because when the enemy tries to lie to you and tear you down and beat you down, you will know who you are. And when it doesn't line up, that's how you will know what the truth is. And that's where the Bible tells us the truth will set you free. So I encourage you, find a small group. Plug into a small group. We're talking about connecting more than once a week. It also means corporately with other people that believe the same as you. So find a small group where you can be encouraged, where you can grow together. Plug yourself in. If you're not sure where they are, we have posters up. You can email Pastor Charles and he will get you plugged into a group. Because that is where you'll grow even more. So why do we live by the fruit of the Spirit? We live by the fruit of the Spirit because we aren't from here. See, I don't know about you, but my reaction in the restaurant I know isn't normal. Darren, your reaction at work isn't normal. Our reactions are not supposed to be normal. But Chad, I just want to fit in. You're not supposed to. See, the moment we accept Christ, the moment we become heirs to him, the moment we are adopted into his family, we are now foreigners here. 1 Peter chapter 12, verse 11 says this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. My actions are supposed to be different. I'm supposed to be weird in context of that. Not in the like creepy weird, not in the crazy weird. We have enough Christians that do that, right? Hear my heart. That's why it says, live cautiously and carefully with your neighbors. Don't be the crazy Christian neighbor. But be the different one. Be the one that they feel they can come and talk to when there's something happening in their lives, but they want a different answer than their worldly friends. Because they trust you. They trust you because you have a sensible head on your shoulders, but you respond differently. 
trust you because they understand that you have a love in your heart that most people don't. You show grace when most people don't. We are a follower of Christ. We're a stranger to this world. If you feel at home in this world, caution yourself. We're not supposed to feel at home because my home is in heaven with Jesus. I'm just here for a time period. My life here is, the Bible says, just a mist. Here and gone. So what does this mean? It means that we will have different values. We will have different morals. We will have a different belief system. You will be different. You will be different as a dad. You'll be different as a mom. You'll be different as a husband. You'll be different as a wife. You will be different in the way you raise your kids. You'll be different in the way we relate to people. We are supposed to be different. This is what we are called to. We're going to be different in the way we treat people that mistreat us. We're going to be different in the way we invest our money. Your neighbors and coworkers find out you give 10% of what you make to the church, they'll think you're crazy. How do you live on 90%? Trust me, I live better on 90 than you live on 100. Uh, That doesn't make sense. I know, because my math is in heaven. And I honor you as leadership. I thank you for your willingness to support the church the way you do. I thank you for your extra giving towards the mortgage and the debt reduction, because we're hammering it off, and we're going to be debt-free faster than we thought. And so we are just, I honor you in your giving, but I encourage you that if you're not giving, you think it's weird, it's because it is. I won't lie. It's weird to worldly thoughts, but in heavenly thoughts, when I truly believe everything I receive is from God. Do you understand that the most precious thing on earth, gold, he walks on? It's dust on his feet. He shakes it off. The most precious thing to us is his road to him. None of us are chopping up pavement and taking it to the bank going, what can I get? But that's what it is for him. The way we invest our money is different. The way we spend our time is different. You're here this morning. You woke up early to get here. Some of your neighbors were still sleeping. Why? Because this world is not our home. We're called to be different. We are called to be. We are called to ami. We're supposed to be the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and have self-control of who we are. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the fruit of the spirit that's in my life. I thank you, Lord, for stirring up the gifts that are in all of us. And Lord, as we've gone through this study, as we've gone through this series, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you are able to stir up in every one of us the fruit of the spirit. Help us to identify the fact that it's supposed to come out of us. And therefore, if it's not coming out of us, that, Lord, we need to get closer to you. I pray for the ones in the room, Lord, that I spoke and said, just read your word twice this week, that, Lord, they grab hold and do it. I pray, Father, that you will lead us 
to be more like you, that we will be different in this world, not to be weird different, but to be set apart to lead people to you different. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior before in your life, and so as I talk about being connected to the vine, as I talk about being adopted into his family and being one with Christ, being a brother with Christ, being a sister with Christ, as I talked about this, and if you're sitting here this morning, you're like, Chad, I, I'm not connected to the vine because I've never had the opportunity. I'm not a son of God or a daughter of God because I've never had the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity this morning. So just everybody's eyes closed for a moment. If you're here and you just want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the first time, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. All eyes are closed. It's just me looking around. If you'd like to accept Jesus for the first time in your life this morning, just raise your hand up high. I just want to pray with you. Anybody in the room want to accept Jesus this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before. But this morning, you feel like you know, you know that I'm just not connected to the vine, Chad. I've kind of fallen off and I need to be reattached. If that's you this morning, I just want you to, eyes closed, just raise your hand up this morning. I just want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join these three? Just want to recommit your life to the Lord this morning. All right, let's stand together. If you raised your hand, I'd like to ask you to take the next step. If you've raised your hand, I would love for you just to come and just stand up front with me. I just want to pray with you this morning. If that's you and you raised your hand and you're willing to come forward, just come. Just come right now. Thank you. Thank you. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you just to turn to your neighbor. I'd like you to ask your neighbor, ask them if they need to come forward, and if they need to come forward, will you come with them? Say to them, if you'd like to go forward, I will come with you. Ask your neighbors if they would like to come. And if they're willing to come, come with them. I'm just going to get a couple of the prayer team just to come and stand with these two here. Get a couple more of the prayer team just to come and help. Thank you. I hope everybody in the room understands the bravery it takes to walk to the front. And that's why I get you to ask your neighbor, will you, if you would like to go, I will go with you. Because every one of us has made this journey before, or my prayer is that you will. And so let's all pray together. Father, let's try that again. Father, Thank you for sending your son to die for me on the cross, to shed his blood, to wash away my sins, because I come this morning as a sinner, 
And I ask you to forgive me. Adopt me into your family. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I ask you to come into my life and lead me for eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the ability that you've given us to come and to worship and to serve you. I pray, Lord, as we walk out these doors that we understand that the fruit of the Spirit that we show might be the only Christ that people see in their life. So I pray that we take it seriously. I pray that we understand, Lord, that what you have called us to do. And so, Father, bless us this week. Keep us safe, Lord. Help us to be a light for you. Show us who to speak to, Lord, and give us the boldness to do it, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 